welcome to Transforming Minds, Transforming Lives, a podcast series of RCCG Living Spring Pittsburgh. Stay tuned for our senior pastor, Boyga Esson. We want to talk about grace for dominion. I read from Psalm 8 and verse 4 to 6. Psalm 8, verse 4 to 6. What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. I'm sure you know that man is the zenith of God's creation. He was made in God's image. He was made in his likeness. God made man in his image. When he was going to create man, he spoke to the Trinity. Let us make man in our image. And he formed man, and of course he breathed upon him the breath of God. So there's a part of God in every man. Even the unregenerate man, believe me sincerely, he was made in God's image. That is where the human life is so valuable, is sacrosanct. Anyone who takes another man's life, believe me, he has blood in his hands. So God values man so much, which is why Satan also detests man so much. As a matter of fact, somebody said, that if man begins to live in Plato, one of the planets, or in Neptune, that Satan will also relocate there because he's interested in man, just as God is interested in man. Anything that gladdens the heart of man, Satan wants to mess up. And believe me, if you are God's created being, if you are a Christian, if you are born again, you gladden the heart of God. So God values man, which is why he made him in his image. The Bible says he made him a little lower than angels. The words there, the original words there is the word Elohim. He made him a little lower than God. And he crowned him with glory and honor. God crowned man with glory and honor. And he gave him dominion over the works of his hands. He put everything under his feet. Everything under his feet. The Bible said even the heavens belong to God. But the earth he has given to the sons of men. Amen. The earth he has given to the sons of men, he gave man the earth to cultivate, to till, and of course to make something out of it. So even though the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein, but God gave man, he gave man lease over the earth. That's how much he values man. And of course, the art of it all was that he came, he became man, and he paid the price for sin. So rather than man going to hell, he went to hell for man. So that you and I will not see death, but we will go be with him when we leave this realm. I mean, that is the awesomeness. That is how wonderful the love of God is. Maybe you are there, you are doubting God's love. Please don't doubt his love. Bible says even when we were yet sinners, he died for us. Amen. That he showed forth his love to that even when we were dead in sin, he died for us. So how much more now that you are on his side? If he died for you where you are far away and he drew you near to him by the blood, how much more now? So maybe you are doubting God's love. Don't doubt his love. God is there, constant. His love doesn't waver like the love of man. His love is unconditional. His love is constant. His love is mind-blowing. And it's my prayer you experience a fresh bout of his love in the mighty name of Jesus. To have dominion means to subdue. Amen? It means to have something under control, something under check. To have dominion means to master, to have dominance, to have authority, to have lordship over a particular thing. And the Bible says God has given us grace for dominion. In fact, the whole essence of the Bible, kind of, is to bring us back to God and also bring us back to the first estate that we lost. 
paradise was lost in Adam, but paradise was regained in Christ. So God wants us to live life here on earth, dominating. And of course, when we also leave this realm to go be with him, that's the old gospel truth. It doesn't matter what you believe. That's the old gospel truth. And when you get born again, somehow the seed of righteousness, the seed of God was planted in you, and the ability to dominate your world has been given over to you. Whether you believe it or not, that's just the truth. I mean, a good example is the Israelites in the Old Testament. The Bible says God gave them the land of foreigners. He gave it to them. And they were going, they came out of Egypt, and they were possessing other people's lands. He gave them the land. They were subduing nations. Amen. They were subduing territories. It got to a head that one king didn't want them to take over his land. He now went to hire a prophet to curse them. But even when the prophet cursed them, because it didn't work. Because you can't curse what God has blessed. And if you are Abraham's seed, you are blessed of the Lord. So no curse can work against you. Because you cannot curse what God has blessed. I'm a blessed child of Jehovah. And you're a blessed child of Jehovah. And no curse can work on you. So he gave them authority. They were taking over territories. That was physical. Now in this realm, in the New Testament, it's totally spiritual. There are spiritual domains, spiritual territories that God has given to you. Amen? There are spiritual territories he has given to me. And unless I rise up and begin to take charge, because we have a devil that is so resilient, is a stubborn goat. And that's why God will give us consistency. He will make us to stand like the rock of Gilbata. And as we stand, we will see the enemy take flight in the mighty name of Jesus. So he made man just a little lower than himself. He crowned man with glory and honor. He gave him dominion over the works of his hands. It is God's plan that man dominates the earth, dominate the bots of the earth and every living thing that creepeth upon the face of the earth. It wasn't God's plan that man would dominate man. But because of what man is, except for those who are his enemies, you know, his children can dominate those who are his enemies, that's okay. But it's not God's plan for a fellow Christian to dominate another fellow Christian. No, 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 no. I'm not here to control you. I'm here to just tell you the word of the Lord. Because even the Holy Spirit, that is God himself, he doesn't control us. I mean, he tries, he gives us that free will. So Christianity is not a religion of controlling. No. So if you're in a system that is always trying to put you under, or you're under someone that is always trying to put you under, you know, make you appear as if you're nobody, that is not God's will. God's kingdom is founded on righteousness, justice, and fairness. So, is my prayer you will not be dominated in the mighty name of Jesus, but you will dominate forces of darkness, you will dominate fear, you will dominate sicknesses, you will dominate demonic powers, you will dominate everything negative, you will dominate poverty in the mighty name of Jesus. So, man was created for dominion. The Bible says in Genesis 1 verse 28, then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Is my prayer God to grant you total dominion in the mighty name of Jesus. You will reign and you will rule. You will rule in dominion in the mighty name of Jesus. The second point I have is that Jesus came to restore dominion for mankind. Jesus came to restore dominion for mankind. As a matter of fact, when he walked this earth, he molded for us the way we are supposed to operate. I mean, Jesus molded for us the way we are supposed to operate. He walked on water. That's having dominion over the elements. He fed 
thousands, just with five loaves and two fishes. It dominated. It calmed storms. It fed people supernaturally. And it was physically strong. It walked the hills of Jerusalem. You know, Jerusalem is a very hilly place, very mountainous. It was walking barefooted all over the place, doing good. It was strong physically. It had revelation knowledge. It was casting out demons. It knew things ahead of time. Before something happened, he knew. It was never caught on unawares. Demons were subject to him. And of course, the ultimate was that he conquered death on our behalf. He lived a supernatural life. He modeled for us the way we are supposed to live. That's a Christian life. It's a supernatural life. I don't care what you believe. The Christian life is a supernatural life. If you're a Christian, you don't live the supernatural life. You are living a superficial life. But it's my prayer God will turn the tide. In the mighty name of Jesus, the superficial shall become the supernatural. Every time when you need to control something, that thing will come to you. Amen. You need to control money, it will come. Jesus needed to pay taxes. He told Peter, just cast your net into the water, and right there in the mouth of a fish is a gold coin. That is dominion. It was never stuck. Amen. It's my prayer you never be stuck. Going forward, you never be stuck. When you get to a crossroad, you know what to do. That is the Christian life. That is the Christian life. That's just the truth. It's a supernatural life. That's what God has called us to be. That's what God has called us to live. That's the life that God has called us to live. So, it's a supernatural life. So, he came to restore dominion for mankind. The Bible says he molded all these things for us. And of course, the highest enemy of man was death. And he went to the grave, he conquered death on our behalf. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 10, 2 Timothy 1, 10, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, say it's been revealed by his coming, that he abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. In other words, Jesus came, he appeared, he abolished death, and he brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So the gospel of Jesus Christ is such that he abolished death and he brought life and immortality to light. Anybody who is born again has eternal life already resident within them. <laughs> That's what the Bible says. In other words, automatically the moment you believe, eternal life is transferred into your spirit's man. Every man is born or regenerated. Every man is born spiritually dead. But when you now give your life to Jesus, eternal life now becomes resident within you. So that spiritually dead man now becomes spiritually awake. And that eternal life cannot be snuffed out. Eternal life cannot be taken over by death. It's eternal life. Except you now relinquish eternal life by yourself. That's when you now get into trouble. And that eternal life is to make us dominate forces. Say, greater is it that is in us than he that is in the world. Amen. Say, you have got the two children and you have overcome them. So you have eternal life in you. And that eternal life is immortal. It's immortal life. So when we leave this realm, we have the promise of immortality. In other words, our spirit man will not die a second death. He's going to go be with Jesus. So Jesus abolished death and he brought life and immortality to life through the gospel. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that even though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. That's the gospel. That is grace. So he put in us eternal life. From that eternal life, we have everything we need to do life. Is my prayer the eternal life within you. You become more aware of it in the mighty name of Jesus. The Bible also says in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14, Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 to 16, 
That's the love of God. He said, in as much then as children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also shared in the same. He came, became man. He partook of being flesh and blood. See, there's a difference between sympathy and empathy. I can sympathize with you. You know, maybe you lost a loved one, God forbid, I can sympathize. My father was 53 when he died, and I was just 15. So if I see a 15-year-old guy who just lost his father, I can empathize because I've been in that shoes, I've been in that boat. But if I've never been through something, I would just say, oh, sorry, I will sympathize. But Jesus came, he had to become man to feel what we feel, to know what it means to be a man. Amen? We have a high priest who was touched, who cannot but be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. And that's why even now is interceding on our behalf. He was tempted in all points, and yet he was without sin. He went, he came, he was hungry, he was thirsty, and of course they nailed him to the cross. He knows what it means for physical body to be in pain and agony. He passed through that route. And the only reason why he passed through that route is to know, to be able to be empathetic to be able to actually be very, very, very sympathetic to the cause of man. That is God for you. The Bible says through death, it destroyed him who had the power of death. That is the devil. And released those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to death. Satan had the keys of hell and death. Jesus, when he went to Hades, he picked up that key and of course, power changed hands. He now went on in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 16, that for indeed he does not give aid to angels, he does not assist angels, but he gives aid to the seed of Abraham. That's big. That's one scripture that you should <laughs> put to heart. What are you going through? God is nearby. Believe me sincerely. He's the help of the helpless. If he became man, he wanted to know what it is like to be in lack. He wanted to know what it's like to be in need. So that when you cry to him in your pain, he will know what it means and he will attend to your call. Is my prayer like never before God will attend to your call in the mighty name of Jesus. So he came to restore dominion back to mankind. Before now, Satan was grinding our nose on the floor. But with Jesus' coming, we are now the one now grinding his nose on the floor. That's just the gospel truth. He has no more power over you and I. The only power he has is the power of deception. And we are smarter than him. Amen? We know. We can tell the schemes. So, he has totally lost it. He was totally stripped naked. He's lost the authority over you, and that's just the gospel truth. Also, as I said, we are to dominate and not to be dominated. Do you know Satan is afraid of you? If you're a child of God, if you're really walking the walk, he's very afraid of you. You see, we don't know the authority we have in the name of Jesus. It's so unfortunate that the arrested is not the one pursuing the arrester. The Bible says we are seated in the heavenly places far above principalities and powers. Amen? So, it's an evil under the sun for princes to be walking and for servants to be riding on horses. It's an aberration for a prisoner to be arresting the warden. It doesn't happen. And believe me, it doesn't matter how thick the darkness may be. Just your little flicker of light will make a difference. You have power over demon spirits. You have dominion over demon spirits. Because that name was given to Jesus, and the Bible also tells us in Revelation chapter 1, verse 5, Revelation 1, 5 to 6, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. 
So Jesus has made us kings and priests. What does a king do? A king rules. A king dominates. What does a priest do? A priest offers sacrifices to God. And as he offers a sacrifice to God, he's full of the spirit of God. And with that power, he cannot dominate his world. So we are kings and priests. The priest offers sacrifices. First Peter chapter 2 verse 5 says, say we are living stones, say we are being built up a spiritual house, a royal priesthood, to offer sacrifices to God acceptable to him through Jesus Christ. Amen? So we offer worship to God, and as we worship him, he fills us with his fullness. And with that fullness, we can dominate. Kings dominate. And guess what? Kings rule by decrees. Kings don't beg. Some prayers we pray, believe me sincerely, it doesn't pass the ceiling because we are begging. Amen? When you are talking to God, oh, worship him, bless him, adore him, love him, there are different kinds of prayer. When you are praying the prayer of consecration, please, it is to God. Ask God to have mercy. You can pray the prayer of forgiveness of sins. That's to God. You know. So some prayers are to God. Prayer of sanctification, Lord, sanctify me. That's okay. But believe me sincerely, when you want to get some things done, that's not your time to address God. Maybe there's a sickness in your physical body. You tell the sickness to go. Say to this mountain, move, and it will move. So, God said, look, I've given you the power to take away the sickness. Whatever thing you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever thing you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. So, the power is in our hands. Begin to use your authority. When you are talking to God, it's a different ballgame. But learn to talk to circumstances. That was how Jesus operated. Amen. He was talking to the wind. He said, peace be still, and the wind will be still. He will talk to the demon spirit. Get out of him. That's authority. That's who you are. We don't do this in our own strength. We do it in the name of Jesus. And we do it because we are God's righteousness in Christ Jesus. And we do it because we have the greater one living in us. Everything we need to live life is being given to us. It's my prayer God will help us. Because God has highly exalted the name of Jesus. So I use my authority on your behalf that everything God has not planted in you shall be rooted out in the mighty name of Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit resident in us. First John chapter 5, verse 4 to 5 says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Part of dominion is to overcome. Those who overcome shall become pillars in the house of God. For whatever is born of God overcome, and this is the video overcome the world, even your faith. Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? So maybe you're a Christian, you call yourself a Christian, and you still see demons coming to press you in the night. Please, rise and shine. That's not where God will have you be. Make adjustments, make amendments. You need to grow as a Christian. It's for your own good, because as you grow, the mantle of authority also increases. If you remain a child, that mantle may not be given to you, but as you grow, the mantle increases. That's how this thing works. The Bible says we have the Spirit of God resident within us, and that Spirit is to make us do the work of God, we believe and therefore we speak. And because we believe, we speak and we see. We dominate circumstances to the degree by which we have dominated ourselves. The flesh is always working in opposition to the spirit. We have the spirit of God within us. We have treasures in jars of clay. But the flesh will not allow us to do the works of God. But as you discipline your body, as you dominate the flesh, as you counter the cravings, the appetites, of the flesh. As you master it, as you colonize it, as you check it, as you subdue it, as you subjugate it, as you checkmate it, the spirit of God within you rises to the occasion. So, 
When we say run away from sin, it's for your own good. Amen? When we say fast and pray, it's for your own good. As we subject the flesh, the Spirit of God rises within us. You know, very good story, very good account. First Samuel chapter 7, of course, after Eli died, the Philistines had a very upper hand over the Israelites. And they took the Ark of the Covenant, they took it to their own territory. And the Ark of the Covenant, which stood for God's presence, began to deal with them there. You know, they had to return the Ark of the Covenant back to Israel territory. But somehow they still had the upper hand. But when Samuel became the judge, and he led them in repentance, he made them to return to God, the Bible says the power changed. First Samuel chapter 7, and verse 13 to 14. So the Philistines were subdued. Amen. All the Philistines in your life will be subdued in Jesus' mighty name. They did not come anymore into the territory of Israel. And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. Then the cities which the Philistines had taken from Israel were restored back to Israel. From Ekron to Gath, Israel recovered its territory from the hands of the Philistines. And there was peace between Israel and the Amorites. Because Samuel, the right leader, came on board, he ensured that they ensured sin. He ensured that sin was taken out of their life. Everything changed. Repentance, believe me, will bring restoration. Practicing righteousness, that alone can change the equation. Amen? So, for you to dominate, you have to dominate yourself. You have to totally surrender all to God. The first thing is to submit yourself first to God. Amen? James chapter 4, verse 7. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So there's no resisting the devil until you submit yourself first and foremost to God. So you avenge all disobedience where your own obedience is complete. There's so much more to gain in Christ than what we are gaining in the world. There's so much more. Alexander the Great conquered the world, but because he couldn't conquer himself, he died before time. Samson, the strong, weak man, he never was able to conquer himself. He died before his time. Is my prayer you will conquer yourself? Is my prayer you will not die before your time? Is my prayer you will conquer hunger? You will dominate hunger? Every paradox in your life, God will straighten them. The God that can straighten the crooked path, He will straighten you and high. In the mighty name of Jesus, I stand in agreement with you. You will not be stuck in the race of life. Nothing shall be impossible for you. People will look at your life and they will see God in your life. That will be your testimony. That will be my testimony. And the grace to checkmate the flesh at all times. That grace is given to you even now in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for listening. And make sure you subscribe for more great podcasts.